As we continue our time of worship together this morning, I'd like to lead you in prayer. Prayer is, uh, you know, one of those things when you go to a, some sort of a religious gathering, church service, whatever, people bow their heads in prayer. So what's the point of that? And, and uh, we've been to a number of different uh, teachings on prayer, and I think one of the uh, simplest ways of understanding prayer is conversation with God. And uh, so we come to church because... We honor, we worship God. God is our Heavenly Father. God sent His Son. And if we don't talk to God, there's no point in coming to church. There's no point in having a religious gathering because it's focused on our relationship with God. And in any relationship, if you live with a wife, if you live with a family, if you live with a friend or a partner, you have conversation. That's part of living together. And so that's why we pray. And I encourage you not only to join with us as we pray as a group of people here, but take time in your day-to-day -day walk to pray, talk to God. It doesn't have to be anything formal or fancy, even a thought during the day that God is helping you, that you need something from God, that you like something, and, and you, you give God thanks for that. That's prayer. You're conversing with God. So... Uh, I just encourage you to keep that in mind. I'm going to try to follow a bit of a pattern of prayer. There's, there's many different helps for prayer. And uh, one of the uh, patterns of prayer that uh, we've been taught is to follow the word acts, A-C-T-S. You start with a bit of adoration. In other words, you're, you're telling God something that you appreciate, that you value in him. And then there's confession because we recognize that yeah, we're sinful. That's why Christ came. So A is adoration. C, confession. T, you're thankful for something. You recognize that God has given you good things or there's other things that have happened in your life. And finally, S. And there's a big word with that called supplication. The, that means you're kind of asking God things. And I know for myself, I often get focused on the supplication things. God, I need this. I want that. Let's, let's keep it rounded, right? Let's try to go the acts route. There's other things, there's other ways to, to pattern prayer. This is one simple way that maybe can help you as you think about prayer. So let's bow our heads and, and pray together. Heavenly Father, you are our Father. We love you, you love us, and we thank you for who you are, for this world that you created. You're powerful, you're loving, and uh, you know each one of us. You tell us in your word that not a hair can fall from our heads, but you know that. And you know the birds that fly. You created this world. You maintain it. There's order and structure, and we thank you for that. We also confess that we are sinners. In our own individual and personal lives, we sin. We've said things to others that we should not have said. We have, said, we have not said things that we should have said. We also, as mankind in this world, have destroyed so much of the beauty in the world that you made. We think of pollution. We think of, yeah, contamination of waters and, uh, and damage to the environment. We've contributed in negative ways to the beauty and the perfectness of the world that you created, and we ask for your forgiveness.
and uh, help us too as we walk day by day to be aware of the fact that you have called us to be your children. We thank you. We thank you for the changing of seasons. We thank you that you walk with us day by day, even when we're not aware of it. We thank you for loved ones in our lives, and we thank you for your provision day by day for our needs, even when we think it's not enough. Lord, you are faithful and good and loving. And I ask, Lord, too, that you continue to walk with us as a community of believers at the Village Church. I ask for each one present here that they may sense uh, your hand in their lives day by day. And as they are drawn into a closer relationship with you, Lord, that you would speak to them by your Holy Spirit, that you would lead each of us into a deeper and a warmer and a more caring relationship with you and help us also to respect and honor one, one another. I ask, too, that uh, as we continue this time of worship and hear from your word as Pastor Mark leads us in a message, that our hearts would be open, that your Holy Spirit would give us understanding and also the determination and the strength to apply what you teach us. Father, we entrust all these things into your care. We further pray for those among us that uh, are grieving and hurting and, uh, and in need of extra support, that they may receive that not only from one, an each one another, that we would care for one another, but that you would speak to each one in a very special way. We ask these things in your Son Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing our sermon series on the cross and the rest of the Easter story. Uh, I'm learning in my sermons, and that's one thing I really appreciate about Bill's uh, prayer there, that my relationship with God, <laughs> you think you're a preacher, you should know this, Mark, uh, during a sermon is more important than my relationship with you. And so I like to start each message in prayer. So let's, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Uh, we pray that in this message, uh, each one of us uh, would find that our hearts are rested in you. If there's anything that's distracting us, remove it by your spirit and focus us on your word and the special word that you have for each one of us this morning. Through Christ we pray, amen. Our text is Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load, my burden is light. Uh, Jesus says, come to me in faith and trust and you will find rest for your soul. But that's not all that Jesus said. <laughs> he says some other things too. Uh, some words that maybe are a little bit less than restful. Let's uh, look at some of these other words that Jesus says. Um, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your own eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the huge plank out of your own eye, then 
uh, you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Next thing Jesus says, love your enemies. Who here has in some ways been abused by authority in your lifetime? Most of us, we're called to love those people and pray for them. Next, uh, the one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Pretty, pretty high standard, hey? Uh, next, next, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we're starting this sermon off very light. <laughs> uh, I'd like to invite you to turn to your neighbor and share a command of Jesus that you have not found rest in, but you've had to wrestle with. Uh, so a command of Jesus that you've not immediately found rest in, but you've had to struggle with. Uh, just, I want us to talk about this a little bit. Like, because we, we can just take, I heard it said, you know, this, this scripture, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. It's kind of like the candy of scripture. Like, we go for the candy. But, like, there, there's a lot more to what Jesus has to say. And we need to be wrestling with that, too. Uh, so, you have one minute. Share with the person beside you a command of Jesus that you've had to wrestle with. Let's, let's hear some of these commands, because we just put up three or four up there. What's a command of Jesus that you've had to wrestle with? Something that you've had to wrestle with. Love your enemy? Yeah. Forgive one another? Yeah. What's that? Turn the other cheek? Yeah. Wow. What's that? Love everybody. Not just your friends, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big, that's a big one. What's that? Rich and poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One that I've, I still to this day struggle with in different ways is honoring my parents in every way. That's, that's a hard one. Uh, and all these commands, you kind of wonder, you know, why we're still here. <laughs> why we're, like, this is... There's, a, there's a, some hard things that Jesus asks us to. And it could be easy to be kind of choosy with Jesus' commands, right? Kind of treat Jesus' words kind of like a buffet. Like, you know, I'll take this because uh, this, this looks good. You know, rest for the weary. But this passage here, I, I don't know. I think, you know, that stuff that Jesus said about loving enemies, I, that doesn't sit well with me. I'm, I'm going to leave that one over there. Uh, 
John S. Dunn, he tells a story of these Spanish sailors uh, who, who are they're sailing across the Atlantic Ocean, and they get to the headwaters of the Amazon, okay? It's, and it's, it's an expanse of water so wide, they actually just, they, they don't know that they're out of the ocean. And so, uh, it never occurred to them to drink the water, right? Because, I mean, they just expected this is going to be salt water, right? And so, some of these sailors actually died of thirst. Uh, can you imagine the scene, <laughs> right? These sailors uh, dying of thirst as their ship floated across, and this, the, the Amazon, like, there's more fresh water there than all their Great Lakes combined. So, it's the largest, the world's largest freshwater source, you can Google it, not now, uh, they're, they're, sail, they're sailing on it, and, and meanwhile, they're dying of thirst. From, from the one, they're, they're on this thing, and they think it's salt water. Uh, so, are you, are you dreading Jesus' commands, seeing them as salt water, when in fact, they're the very thing that your soul needs to survive? Is, is that you this morning? Uh, we're going to take, take a look at three things right from this text, uh, Matthew 11. Uh, the first is uh, the restlessness of our culture. Then we'll look at the yokes of our culture. Then we'll look at the rest that Jesus promises. Uh, so first, the weary restlessness of our culture. Uh, last week, we had this image of measuring tape. You remember that? And John was up here measuring people. Uh, we know that we should be measuring up. We know that we should be perfect. We know that we're not measuring up. <laughs> we know that we're not perfect. And uh, this isn't just a church people thing. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a human thing. Uh, more than I'd like to admit, I, Mark DeVos, am seeking to measure up. Uh, I'm seeking to measure up, to prove myself. Uh, and to who or to what, I don't even know most of the time. <laughs> I, I, some of you know I went on this, like, two weeks ago, I went on this one-week-long backpacking trek uh, in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, and I was, I was in this trek, and I, it was 3.30 a.m., and I hadn't been sleeping. And I'm, like, mostly, like, five days in or something, and I'd been sick, and I'd, I'd been sneezing, and I was getting this bloody, these bloody noses, and I hadn't even made it to the top. And I just felt so defeated. I'm like, it was pouring rain on this tent. I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> I threw in the towel, and I just like, packed everything into the bag. It was 3.30 in the morning. And I was so weary. And I remember one time, I'm crossing this rickety bridge, and I just looking at it, I'm like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> and, and one of the things that came in my mind was, I wanted my dad to say, wow, you did what? You, you stayed in the woods and survived for a whole week? Um, and why do I tell this story? I was surprised. Uh, like, I... <laughs> That, that that was my motive, that that was part of my motive. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't my whole motive, but part of it was to measure up 
for my dad. And, and Jesus diagnoses this motive in each one of us. He says, each one of us, we're trying to prove to someone. We're trying to measure up. And Jesus says, you know what? This isn't just a psychological thing. This isn't just an emotional thing. Oh, poor Mark wants to measure up to his dad. This is a spiritual thing. And it's in you and it's in me. This desire to measure up. Um, So we look at the weary restlessness within our hearts. Let's look at the the yokes uh, of our culture. Uh, So I I have these pictures uh, up here that I wanted to put up, some yokes of our culture. The next slide. Okay, are you mom enough? Uh, That's a yoke of our culture. You know, you have a certain kind of thing you got to measure up to. Next one. Transform yourself. Are you man enough? That's kind of the backpacking thing, right? Next one. Uh, This kind of, all these images, right, in these women's magazines, they're, they're so, are you pretty enough or whatever? I, I don't know. It's an, a yoke in our culture. Uh, are you uh, Van Diesel cool? I don't know. <laughs> Next one. Uh, do you have this kind of status, right? This kind of money or this, the latest toy or another thing to measure up. Um, are, you can, that's it, that, that guy's bothering me. <laughs> uh, are you weary of this? Uh, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, I am gentle and humble in heart. Jesus says, look to me, don't look to those images to measure up, look to me. Uh, Jesus says, you all have this weariness and you're all yoked to something. Uh, so when he says, take my yoke, it means you already have some. You already have one. So on the one, so that's a yoke. On the one side is you, and the other side is something. Something that you're using to measure up. So the, there's this beam in the yoke, and that's where you, you put, uh, and then there's these rings. And so the, that, that's a yoke, it burdens, right? So first there's the yoke itself, so it's this thing. And then it's the yoke fellow that you're beside. And then it's the load that you have to carry. And, and so G- Jesus says, you'll look to your yoke fellow to help you prove yourself, to help you measure up in this life. And so the question is, what, what are you yoked to? You know, this will get me happiness. This will get me satisfaction. This will help me carry the burdens of this life. What are you yoked to? Uh, I mentioned I struggled with yoking myself to my dad's opinion. It's a silly thing. It's still present. It's still very real. I looked back and I was like, where did this come from? I thought, when I was about 14, I remember being out on the front lawn and we, I was just throwing baseball with my, bro- my younger brother and I threw the ball as hard as I could, as far as I could. And then my brother threw the ball as far as he could, as hard as he could. And my dad playfully, kind of jokingly, was like, ha, your younger brother threw it further than you did. <laughs> and there was no intention to harm there. But 
it, it kind of let me think, I, I'm not strong, right? I'm not that resilient. Um, and so whatever it is, you can't just get away from your yoke fellow at the snap of a finger. Uh, you're, you're bound to it by necessity. Uh, and this, this, uh, this preacher who I will who I learn from all the time, Tim Keller, he puts it this way. Anything you're yoked to, anything you give yourself to, either you destroy it or it destroys you. So if you're yoked to your spouse, that creates an unhealthy emotional dependence and you destroy your marriage. If, If you're yoked to your kids, one, one thing will happen. Either you'll try to, so you, so you try to live your life through your children. Either, number one, they'll run away from you. Or, number two, your kids will fail to launch, right? Because they're finding their identity kind of within you. If you're yoked to your church or your pastor, your church will let you down or... I'll let you down. Uh, if you're yoked to your boss's approval, uh, you can't say no. You know, you're just always kind of the yes man, right? Uh, then what's going to happen is you're going to burn out yourself and your family. Uh, so the thing that uh, we're yoked to, we brought us in to help us kind of measure up, uh, to help us stand tall. And as a yoke fellow, that thing, whatever it is, it's like, like a horse. It just kind of tramples you. Like, you can't keep up with it. Uh, but how is yoking yourself to Jesus different? How's Jesus different as a yoke fellow? He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The best example I can give you is in the covenant of marriage. And last week, I had this illustration of John and Jeanette and I have to pick on them even though they're still not here. So John and Jeanette are farmers. Um, and so we, we've, uh, let's say Jeanette turns to John. And Jeanette says to John, why did you come to me? Why do you love me? Why did, you know, of all the ladies, of all the fair ladies in the land, you know, this is when they're in their 20s, you know, why did you come to me, John? And John, being the romantic that he is, maybe a little bit less wisdom in his younger years than he has now, he says, because you're so fast at feeding them chickens. <laughs> you know, like, it's, like, Jeanette's a smart cookie. And she says to herself, but what if a chicken feeder woman comes along who's fairer and faster than I? Right? Then, then John's going to go and take that chicken feeder woman. <laughs> See, if, if that love is based on her performance as a bride, Jeanette would know that's no love at all. And why can you find rest in Jesus? Why can you find rest in God? Because your, His love for you his relationship with you is not based on your performance. It's, it's, it's based on his performance. Uh, so Jesus po- bore the penalty of all our sin, all our shame. 
It all belongs to him. He owns it. If you're a Christian, you don't own it anymore. It's not yours. But then even more than that, Jesus' record, the life that he lived, you now own. It's yours. And so having Jesus as a yoke fellow, Jesus is taking that burden that you might necessarily want to, by necess- might want to take, Jesus takes. Uh, so now, because Jesus is your yoke fellow, you cannot earn any more of the love of God by what you do, by putting money in the collection plate or by showing up to church on a Sunday or by you know, giving your neighbors flowers or being nice to your enemy at work. You aren't earning any more of the love of God. And by you not doing those things, giving the flowers to your neighbor or, uh, you know, putting money in the offering, you're not doing those things. You're not losing any of the love of God. That's, that's what it means to have Jesus as your yoke fellow. Uh, in giving our lives uh, to him and taking on the yoke of Jesus, we take on a lighter yoke uh, than anyone or anything else. Um, every other something, every other yoke fellow won't treat you like that. You don't perform, you get trampled on. Um, so there's two commands in this text. Number one, come to me. Number two, take, upon, take my yoke upon you. There's two. The first one, come to me, kind of, okay, Jesus is our Savior. And the second one, take my yoke upon you, Jesus is our Lord. Uh, the same Jesus Christ who gives you rest by taking on the penalty of sin is the same Jesus who t- gives you rest by giving you his commandments, by being your Lord. Sometimes we think, oh, we just get rest from the Savior bit, but not the Lord bit. Uh, but Jesus doesn't do one without the other. Uh, kind of say, I want Jesus, but I don't want his burdensome yoke, right? You can't come to Jesus and not put yourself in his harness. There's no coming to Jesus without discipleship. Uh, this week, you could be burdened by a client, a student, a spouse, a colleague, a friend, a child. You have a yoke fellow. You don't handle that by yourself. You share that burden with him as a disciple. Uh, and yes, there are some heavy commands under Jesus. And in our culture, we, we talked about that. You can kind of pick and choose like a buffet. I'll take some of that, not some of that. You can treat Jesus, we can treat Jesus like that, like a consumer, right? Like, I'll just take this and not that. Uh, but you can't come to Jesus and find rest on Sunday, and then the rest of the week just kind of do what you want. That's not the way it works as a Christian. Uh, and so what about those burdensome commands? What do we do with those? We're talking about those with the, with the kids a bit. We didn't get to flesh that out. Uh, there's a story of a Scottish boy, which I like, because uh, I get to practice my Scottish accent. Uh, a little boy was carrying a still smaller boy on his back. Uh, the little boy was lame. The man said, that's a heavy burden for you to carry for a child. You know, another little kid on your back. And the, the little Scottish boy said, that's not a burden. That's my wee brother. 
And what about these burdensome commands? They're not a burden. They're what we get to carry with and for Jesus. Um, So homework, three things. Three pieces of homework. Uh, Number one, uh, find a command that we listed, that we talked about. Some of these were shared, right? And chew on it and wrestle with it this week, right? Whatever that is. If there's an enemy that you haven't been able to forgive, um, if there's a relationship you have with a family member where you haven't been, you haven't been honoring them as you should, um, wrestle through it. Maybe you've been seeing it as salt water for your soul when really that command is fresh water for your soul. And you've just been missing out. It's right there in front of you, but you've just been missing out. Uh, number two, uh, share with someone a yoke fellow that you've bound yourself to. A yoke fellow that you've bound yourself to, maybe unconsciously. I mentioned that story with my dad, right? I didn't even know that that was there. And maybe as you heard that story, there was someone that came up in your mind. And what's interesting is you share these stories, the yoke fellow loses its power. So maybe share with someone a yoke fellow that you've bound yourself to. Uh, And the third thing, uh, is there an oppressive yoke fellow that you can't measure up to? Maybe uh, a burden that you've been carrying from the culture. We showed those different images. Um, you each have a rock. Do you have a rock? You each have a rock. Okay, so in this song, uh, these rocks symbolize a burden or a yoke fellow that you're carrying that you want to surrender to Jesus. So in this song, you're going to have the opportunity to kind of a symbolic act, right? The, the text says, come to me, all you who are weary. Kind of as an act of faith, Take this rock and put it at the foot of the cross. We often carry guilt, secret sins, different burdens, regrets, heavy hurts. Just lay it at the foot of the cross. Uh, I'd encourage you to say a prayer as you do it. Super simple. Lord, I let go of this. I receive your help. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Okay, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. As the band comes up and as we lay down our burdens, uh, we pray that you would give us the rest for our souls that we are craving. Fill each person here with your spirit, we pray through Christ. Amen.